Well, folks, uh, thanks for joining us at Liberty Station. Uh, this is a first, because this is our booth here at uh, Student Action Summit, Turning Point USA here in Tampa. And I'm with the amazing Dr. James Lindsay, the author of Cynical Theories, many other books, especially your latest. But I want to point something out to you, James. Um, the first church you ever spoke at was ours, I believe. Isn't that right? That's correct. Okay. That's right. And so the very first interview in our new booth is you. Oh, how so about it's that? a first for everything. So you get a bump on both of those. That's me. Uh, you just finished interviewing with Charlie. I did. And I got to tell you, you're coming to the Pastor Summit August 10th to the 12th that we're doing in Coronado. And we have atheist slash agnostic, we had this conversation, as one of our main speakers at a Christian pastor's conference. And I got a letter because there was an article in CRN saying, Charlie Kirk is having an atheist speak at his blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. And then I got a letter from a couple and they were, you know, coming after me, tell me stuff. And, and I wrote him back and said, do you hold the same principle for the pilot that's flying the airplane that they have to be a Christian, the, the, the surgeon that's operating on your heart, or do you want the best person for the job? I said, Dr. Lindsay is one of the most respectful men. He's spoken in our church and dealt with one thing, critical race theory. You are one of, one of the most kind people I've ever met. Thank you. You're respectful of my faith and that of the congregation. You are a man who challenges and searches. You're seeking, you believe in absolute truth. Yeah. By the way, I've told you before, it's Jesus. But anyways, the idea is you, you are there to educate pastors on what you said. If I was an angry atheist, critical race theory would be the thing I'd use to destroy the church. That's right. And you're there helping the church awaken to their need to, to, to go against critical race theory. As an atheist slash agnostic, why would you do that, James? You know, or, I, a Dr. Lindsay, I'm gonna call you James, you're my friend. friend James. Yeah, um, you know, I got asked this recently, and by the way, I got a letter, or two, I got a few letters about this invitation as well. I keep getting people asking why I would dare grift. Yeah. Why would I be such a grifter as to go to this? And I'm like, what? Okay, but. Uh, and this is a secular side of people that aren't faithful, that you're getting the same I'm getting on my end. Yeah, I'm getting it from, Oh, all every, the sides, everywhere. All the sides. People gotcha. upset. And so, why would I do this? I got asked this recently uh, by another pastor. I have spoken in another church since. John Benzinger in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, had me welcome me to Great. do a, a workshop on the theology of Marxism recently at his church. And we sat down, and he asked in a panel that we did during that. He said, "Well, you know, why? Why? You know?" And, and I, I didn't say it then, and I wish I had. So I'll say it to you: is I don't understand the question. When you see something that's as blatantly perverse, that's this blatantly damaging and, and, and destructive of truth, of, of people being able to relate to one another in unity. How do you not do, I don't understand the question, why do you do this? Is it, I believe in absolute truth. I, I get it. I, I guess the way I framed it is when you told me if I were an angry atheist, there was a season where you were. Oh, I was, yeah. And, and now you're saying, you know what, I, I'm a classical liberal in that I want to know why. Yeah, and you're you're you use the scientific method. You you use footnoting. You you seek truth. You're you're pursuing it in academia, and now you're watching as critical race theory is destroying absolute truth. It's it's destroying the scientific method. It's going after the enlightenment, calling on a white man's construct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and now we're we're ruining our universities. I, I get it, and you see how the damage it's doing to the church as well. I, so the church too. Yeah. So I think that, and I've always thought that. I've always actually been a classical liberal, despite having an angry phase. Um, I've always believed that people should be able to believe, you know, I, as their conscience dictates, as their reading of the scripture dictates, as their reading of the world dictates. And, and I extend that even to my woke, I won't even call on my friends, I'm, I wish I could, yeah. I'm not that good. Uh, but 
even they should be able to believe as their conscience dictates. That's what our founders in this country enshrined in the First Amendment. That's why John Locke wrote about the securing of life, liberty, and property as inalienable rights. Yeah. Um, because if those are secured, your conscience can't be infringed by some external power. And so, to sound awfully Calvinist on you for a moment, I, none of us are God, none of us knows the nature of God, and none of us, therefore, has the authority to command somebody else how to believe. And since that's the case, our founders, who were many, in many cases Calvinists, understood we're not going to impose religion through the state, and we're going to allow people, we're going to get, keep the state out of the business of imposing religion. This thing's not going to do that. This woke thing will pervert either through state or corporation or just, um, you know, it's, it's manipulations on people's psychology, and it will change all the faiths into something that looks on the outside like what they are, that professes the gospel of social justice as they see right, it. Right. And I'm not down for that. No. People should be able to believe according to what they believe that the scriptures or, or, or whatever else teach them. Similar to Nazi Germany Dietrich Bonhoeffer when Hitler said, I'm going to take care of your pensions and your churches. And then Bonhoeffer said, but I'm concerned with the soul of Germany. And he said, leave that to me. Uh, and, and, and Bonhoeffer was a target of Hitler. And Bonhoeffer actually contended to assassinate him as a minister. I mean, that's hard to process theologically. Yeah. And one of the last directives of Hitler was to kill him before he killed Eva Braun and caught, shot himself. And, and here you are, you, you, you step out in front of your colleagues, you're contending, and, and the church hasn't been as completely infiltrated as the universities have been. Right. And it, it's brought you consternation, attack, uh, visceral ridicule. You've been canceled. And, and, I, and, and I, I think, you know, why would you do that? Why don't you just go along to get along? It's so much bigger than, you know, my comfort for a year or 10 in this world, it's just so much more important. Um, these principles that men laid their lives, I mean, they risk everything. Those, those 50, was it, six people that signed the Declaration of Independence? 57 and 57, yeah. They, they laid everything on their line. Their lives, their, their fortunes, fortunes and their sacred honor. And their sacred honor, that's right. They laid it all on the line. And they did that not for themselves or only, but for us as well. Posterity. For yeah. posterity, that's right, that's us. And we have posterity coming posterior to us. And so we, behind our posteriors, we have our posterity coming. And so we have to do the same thing, right? It's just, I don't know what the right answer is religiously, and I don't want to claim it. But I don't want them to be able to claim it for us either. And I mean, if I want to be small and selfish, which I don't think is actually my motivation. I ask myself, is this my motivation? I don't want it imposed on me. Yeah just for that small reason, but for the big reason. I don't want it imposed on anybody. I don't want my children growing up in that world. I don't want their children and all the children henceforth growing up in that world. No, I've had the blessings of freedom and I want to make sure those stay for everybody. Those 16 tortured words of the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. They didn't want a denomination. They didn't want a state church. Uh, but, but when a religious system demands adherence, like Sharia law, it's contrary to the U.S. Constitution. That's right. And, and I, I, you know, James, you, you and I may not agree on faith, and, and I may get pushback from the Christian community that we're having you, and Charlie will get pushback, having you speak at a pastor's conference. But you know what? Nobody knows critical race theory better than you. And when you come in and educate the pastors on what to look for, how it's infiltrated the country, and, and how to combat it, and, and, and you're, you're not a member of these fellowships nor subscribing to their faith. And you're surrounded with, with pastors who you're respectful of. 
And you and I have had some heart-to-heart conversations. I just have to tell people, is this your faith that you're so narrow you can't have a man as, as scholarly and as equipped as Dr. James Lindsay speak on behalf of something he knows more about than any pastor in the country? Our Bible says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, meditate on these things. Yeah. Thank you for the pursuit of truth digging in and giving us historical references, showing us the history of how it came about, the world of philosophy that you are enmeshed in and understand deeply, you have helped me. I didn't know critical race. It was you who opened my eyes and helped me navigate through the lockdowns and the attacks that we faced. I I want everyone to know, however you feel about me talking with an agnostic or atheist, we are, I said that, but however you feel, I don't care. This is my friend. And not just that, he's also a man that has been instrumental in mentoring me to deal with the greatest thing attacking the church today. And they need to know that. I agree, I agree. I, if you had cancer, you use the pilot in flying the plane. But if you had cancer, you're gonna go to the best oncologist. Yep. Period. Yep. This is a cancer yep. in our society. And if you think it won't metastasize and make its way into the organ of the church, you're wrong. It, it already will. has. It already has. And it will continue to proliferate and expand and it will kill the thing from within. And you might not even recognize, but it will. And so that's not right. It's just not right. Your time is valuable. I don't want to keep you here. I, I, honestly, I, I could talk to you forever, and, and everyone wants to do that. Let's do it this way. Uh, for folks listening, share with Christendom. Um, what is it we need to be aware of, and what steps do we need to take to stave off this cancer that is rapidly growing? I mean, what, what you need to do to stave it off is to educate yourself and stand against it. Yeah. That's it, period. You have to get, come together. You have to work together as congregations. You have to work together uh, across Christianity. And you have to you have to take a stand against it. There, there's, there's no middle ground. I understand the old joke, you know, you get two, you know, it doesn't matter how many people of one denomination, you get one person of another denomination, and everybody's talking about theology now. That's gotta go to the side. We've got a attack coming. Your theological debates matter. They're important, I'm not saying they're not but we've got to take care of this problem first. Now, um, that's the most important thing to understand. And what you have to get is you cannot do it. And I'm not trying to show for myself, go read somebody else's stuff, I don't care. You cannot do it unless you understand it. You cannot cure a disease you don't understand. And so people absolutely have to do that. You have to understand that the threat is real, but all it really takes is uh, strong men and women to stand up and say no, no further. It stops with me. And with pastors, by the way, since we're, we, we have talked about your Bible, yep. I will tell them they should go read Matthew chapter 4 and read about the temptations and what you're supposed to do when the temptations come to you. You are being promised a lot to go along. This is a purposed maneuver on a very big, big scale. A lot of people talk about the World Economic Forum these days and its instrumental role in promulgating these ideas into the world. They've been talking for over a decade about the crucial role of faith as the third leg of the stool for their program. Public, private, and faith are the three legs of the stool. And if they can infiltrate all three levels, it's done. Because what Klaus Schwab said is, when you get into faith, you change people's values. You can change their values to make them demand the new world. Hitler did it. That's the objective. And so you have to stand against it. Well, Dr. James Lindsay, how do folks support you or get your book, Cynical Theory, and tell them about the latest I haven't, I, forgive me, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, yeah, Race Marxism. Uh, yeah, yeah. All you need to know about critical race theory forever is in this book, Race Marxism. Race Marxism. Yeah, you can get that at racemarxism.com. So we made right. that easy. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, 
you can follow me on social media at Conceptual James as long as they still have me. Uh, that's under threat. Yeah. Uh, my company is New Discourses. The website's newdiscourses.com. The channels are all branded New Discourses or at New Discourses or whatever. Podcast, access to the books. You can see everything that I've got going on and coming up, but that's where you want to go. Every time I sit with you, I get smarter and better equipped. Thank you, folks. Everything he shared, tap into it. You'll be the wiser for it. And trust me, it's coming. You need to be, it's already here. It's going to get exponentially worse. And if you want to be able to defeat it, you need to be educated. God bless you, man. Thank you. Thanks, Pastor. All right. Thanks, folks.